Can we sin? And can we sin? Okay. And so uh, now notice this. <clears throat> I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 6. Look at this with me. Romans chapter 6. And you know, and you know, and, and so I asked that question, but I'm going to see, you know, there is uh, man is, well, before we go to Romans chapter 6, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, first uh, Thessalonica. <laughs> now let's go to First Thessalonians chapter five and notice this. And the very God of peace does what? Sanctify you wholly. Amen. I pray God your whole spirit. Your soul and body be preserved, what? Blameless unto what? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the word blameless. Another word for the word blameless would be integrity. In other words, God is saying, now I want you to walk in the integrity of the new life that you just received. Okay, I want you to walk. Why? Because you can walk blameless in that light. You can't walk blameless in yourself. You and I are mortal. We're human. We're going to still miss it every now and then. But, but because I sin, does it mean, does it mess with my, does it mess with my fellowship between me and God because I sin? Absolutely not. Now, I mean, I, but what does sin do? Sin, sin would give an inroad. You know what I mean by an inroad? Sin would give an open door to Satan to try to bring destruction to my flesh. Now that I'm a believer, he can't bring destruction to my spirit because it's sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But I can still give Satan an inroad because he's the author of sin. In my life. But that's the reason why you are born again. So that what? So when the enemy, now that I have this power, this authority in the name of Jesus, because that's the name, that's the antidote to all sin, Jesus. The worst sin are, let me say this, the taproot to all sin is condemnation. You know how a tree Every tree has a tap root. If you cut that tap root on a tree, that tree going to die. Okay? Condemnation is the tap root to all sin. That means if you live a life filled with guilt, if you live a life filled with shame, a life filled with sorrow, a life filled with oppression, depression, notice this, condemnation is the tap root to it. So if Condemnation came through one man's transgression. Okay, let me show you that. <clears throat> so, but you see this, uh, Paul is saying here to the church of Thessalonica, he said, I pray God that your whole spirit, that's the part of you that's been born again. That's the part of you that can't sin. Your spirit can't sin because it's sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, your body, it can still sin. But now that I have my spirit that's born again, now I can take charge of my soulish man, the thoughts I think, the choices I make. I can now control my emotions. Why? Because the real person that makes the difference in me is my born again spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, until you're born again, then you will not be able to understand spiritual truth because that's what they are. These are spiritual principles. Okay? Now watch this. So go, go with me, Casey, to, uh, go, go to Romans chapter 5 and notice this. 
and look at, uh, I think it's verse 16. I'm not sure. The verse that shows, yeah, there he will, yeah. Notice this. And he says, and not as it was by one man's sin, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. So what, what was the judgment? The judgment of what? Of one man's sin. Go back to verse 12 for a moment so you can see that. Wherefore, as by one man, what, what entered into the world? Sin did what? Enter into the world. Well, who was the man? Adam. It wasn't what you did. It wasn't what I did, Brother Joe. It was what our first parent, Adam and Eve, did. So all mankind, through the same similitude, of, became sinners. You were a, we were born a sinner through the natural birth of your biological parent. You didn't have anything to do with becoming a sinner or living a sinful life. You and I were, you know, we didn't have a choice. Okay? But now that Jesus, who is the second and final Adam, he redeemed us from sin. Okay, let's look at the word redeem. How many know what the word redeem means? It has a threefold meaning. Number one, the word redeem means <clears throat> it, 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 it has a Greek word, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, agazo, meaning we were slaves unto sin. All humanity was sold enslavement to sin. Okay? Number two, the word is called ex agazra, meaning this. Payment had to be made for your redemption. What was the payment? That was a ransom. What was the, what was the ransom? It wasn't money. It was his own life. Jesus died both physically and spiritually for you and I to be redeemed from that sin, nature. And number three, the third part of the word redemption is just the word called lutris, which means you and I have been made free. Not only have we been redeemed, or, you know, the, the power of the debt of which sin brought to mankind was paid when Jesus did what? He hung on the cross. So our, we did not become one with Jesus until he hung on the cross. Yes, he became a man, but he was a man without sin. So if I was to become one that where God can look up on us without sin, then guess what? Somebody had to pay the price. There had to be a redeemer for you and I. And God became a man in human flesh. Did I lose anybody? He became a man. For what? So that he could redeem. He's the only one because all humanity now has a nature filled with sin. Okay? So because the nature is filled with sin, then because that nature is, then we do those things which the nature is. Let me give an example. A hog, a pig, right? I take him out of the slot pen, the hog pen, right? I got the best bath water with all the fine oils. And I put that pig in there and I bathe him. Hmm? I clean his hoof. I make him look good. I make him smell. I, I can't make him look good, but I make him, make him smell good. Is that right? I take him out, dry him, and then I can polish his hook. All right? Put a little nail polish on there. Is that right? Put a little gold chain around his neck. Is that right? And then I can teach him how to have a gangster lean. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> now, 
Watch this. Outwardly, the hog will be acceptable because he smells good. Right? But the moment he sees that slop pen, what you think he going to do? He going to go right back to it. Why? Because the nature of who he is did not change. Bathe him all you want. But the moment he see that, he don't care nothing about how much this costs, what that costs. He going back. Why? Because the nature. Okay. Let me give you another example. I have a dog. I have a German Shepherd. She's a live-in Shepherd. She's trained. But she still will relieve herself in the house, whether it be pee or poop. Okay? Unless she is what? Trained. Now, she don't do that because she's house trained, but, did, but her nature as a dog did not change just because she doesn't relieve herself. If I leave her in there long enough and don't discern that she got to go outside and relieve, what, what, what you think going to happen? That's right. You do the same thing as people, but guess what? So I can train her, follow me, to go, and, and my dog, she don't bark. When she got to go, she come up to me. She play with me. And then she'll, if I'm sitting right there, she'll go up there to me, she'll jump up there, and she'll just, <laughs> and then she'll get off, and then she'll go over here about this way. That's what she's going toward, want to go to the back. If I don't pay attention to that, she'll come back. And she'll get to play with me again. Then she'll go back if I don't get, if I'm not listening. And then she'll go there. And then she'll get up. She know I got she got my attention. And I get up. She go. She can't care for a bit. But see, she's trained to do that. She's training you. Yeah. And they can talk to you without saying anything. It's amazing how you will know what they want. She has a treat. She knows what time she gets a treat. Seven, 12, and three. You don't have to tell her what time it is. She's going to come tell you, it's time for my treat. She's going to come, she don't come get me, she's going to get her mama. She's trying to train you good. She's trying, but guess what? What I'm saying, you could teach her, her how to do things, but just because you can teach or train even a horse, it doesn't mean their nature change. Same thing about you and I. I can teach you to be morally good, represent something or someone, but if I leave you to yourself, you get touched the wrong way, well, guess what? That nature that you were conceived in, it will come out in a radical way. Why? Because nothing changed. You can train a person to think differently, but just because you can do that, that doesn't mean they're okay. Until a person is born again, until they prayed the prayer of salvation, only then now the Holy Spirit is the one that begins to start working on the inside, bringing about changing. All of a sudden, now you start, I don't want to do drugs no more. I don't want to have sex outside of marriage no more. I don't want to live like this no more. Nobody's tell, who's telling you that? Nobody's telling you that. You got that witness on the inside because the life that's in you now, it got it wants better for you. It has a better life and it's trying to push you and it's trying to propel you to the greater life that God has for you. But the enemy using the thought pattern of your mindset. Where you been, old residue way of thinking to try to keep you back and remind you, well, nobody don't love you. Well, you know, you're not going to ever come out of this. This is not going to ever change. You have to live like this the rest of your life. And if you don't have, if you don't have a spiritual understanding of these truths, then that voice that's speaking to you will put you in a place of, what we say it here? Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, 
and death by sin. That death right there is a spiritual disconnect from God. Hmm? And that's what that was. It's the absence of light. Hmm? Can you see what I'm saying? Sweetheart, cut that light off. Cut that switch off. See? It was, it's light, but now it's what? It's dark. Cut the light back on. That's what happened when you, when you receive Jesus Christ in your life. The light of God's glory enters back into you and I. So that death was the absence of spiritual light. Can y'all see that? And this is why he said, so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Now we was not vitally there with Adam when he sinned. But legally we were there because we were all created. When God created man, what did he do? He breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. So when Adam and Eve come together and bring forth humanity, then guess what? He was producing the God kind. But instead of him producing the God kind, he produced what? That satanic, that Satan kind. Hmm? Did I lose anybody? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So now, so uh, Casey, go back to verse, what was verse that, 16 or 17? So notice this. He said, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one man, one to condemnation. So that means that one sin that Adam committed, it brought guilt, it brought condemnation to all of us. So you're not a sinner by what you do. You are, you were a sinner by nature. You didn't, you couldn't control it. You couldn't change it. You didn't have the power. You didn't have what it took to do that. Only God could have changed our nature. Only God could have put things in place whereby we're no longer living under that sin nature. Only by God. And it came through Jesus Christ. So it's nothing you did or nothing you can do or have to. It's something God has already done for you. You and I are what? Partakers of God's grace. Hmm? The gifts that God has. Meaning the gifts of the Spirit. The laying on of hands. You understand what I'm saying? Through the fivefold ministry gift. God give all this to us as a gift. The righteousness of God. He's the donor of all of these things to you and I. So that you could live what? The abundant life that he has given us. Anyone, anything that tries to teach you or put you in a place of thinking that God don't love you or you have to prove yourself to God, it's, de it's demonic. It's satanic. You don't have to prove anything. God's love for you is simply because what? He loves you. Look at John 3.16 for a moment, Casey. And look at that. But the free gift. Look at it. For God so loved the world that he did what? What did he do? Everybody, what did he do? He gave. He gave his son as a gift. So what do you think you're going to give to God? You don't have nothing. I don't have nothing to give to him. Hmm? Nothing matched that. So it's not about me giving. It will be about me what? Receiving. You see that, Neil? It's me receiving. See? That's what God wants you to do. It's a, he loves you. I'm not looking for you to perform. I want to perform. I want to give to you. I want to show you. How much I love you. I want to do for you. 
I don't want you doing for me. You can't do for me. I want to do for you. I made my mind up from the beginning of creation that I love you. See, the church will have a problem with that. When I was a Baptist boy, we grew up with that verse right there. We got our candy cane remembering that verse right there. <laughs> you remember for Christmas when you, when you was in church, they gave you a little candy cane and give you a couple of oranges or a couple of apples? Some of y'all don't remember that. Well, I, you know, I, I was a Baptist boy. Some of y'all grew up as a Catholic boy. Y'all see, y'all, y'all didn't know what y'all were missing. We had the apple boy. We had that urge, huh? <laughs> oh, they gave you that one. See, we couldn't handle that. We were already off, so we had that wine, but we should be messed up sure enough, you know. <laughs> so notice it. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son, notice it, that whosoever did what? Believe it where? In him should not what? So you see, the key to the New Testament believer is you and I believing in the love that God has for us how? Through his son, his only begotten son. Why? Because his son is the only one that can redeem us, number one, from being enslaved to sin. Number two, his son was the only one, his blood was the only blood that was pure, that was not tainted. His life, he, was, he had not given his soul to the devil to, be, to relieve us of the ransom. The, the ransom was a life. Hmm? He had to give his life. Not because Satan required it, but because God required it. So he would have no remembrance of sin to you and I. So God, when God look upon you, there's 8 billion people on the earth. 7.9, 8 billion people. That's still a lot of people. Do you know God's love has already gone out to all 8 billion? Now all 8 billion don't know it. So how would they know? Somebody got to preach it to them. Somebody got to share it with them. Because if they don't know God loved them, they'll die in their sin. They'll go on beating themselves up, trying to prove something, trying to earn something with God, and don't even realize there's nothing you could do. You could never be good enough to earn any merits with God. God freely wants to give to you and I. So stop trying to show him. Let him show you. Hmm? When you do that, then guess what? You empower the Holy Spirit to do what? To help you and I to walk in the life that Christ have already paid the price for. You can't do it in yourself. If we could, we've already done it. We're incapable Grace is God's willingness to do on your behalf what you and I can't and won't ever be able to do. If it's ever you plus grace, it's contaminant. It has to be all God plus nothing. It can't be God plus you. Well, me and God okay. Because I give. Me and God okay because I come to church. I pray. Now don't make me all right with God. You can give all the money you want. Now don't make you okay with God. What make me okay with God is that I have a Savior. I receive his only begotten Son. Whosoever believe it in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now I got everlasting life. Now when I go to heaven, I have it now. It's living in me now. Now I have his life. Hmm? Things around me may not appear that I have it. But it's not what look like. 
It's what I have on the inside. Because what's around me is temporal. It will change. Amen? So it's, it's nothing you could do to earn God's favor. All you can do is receive it. Hmm? Can you see that? Okay. <clears throat> Where were we before we went to that? Any question? Yes, sir. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And you shall be saved. And your household. So, no. The key to the New Testament belief, believer is believe. You have to receive. Because there's nothing physically you could do to prove to God, I'm worthy. The more you, to, to be honest with you, the more you try to prove your worthiness to God, the more guilty you're going to feel. The more condemned you're going to feel. The more, the further you're going to feel away from him because now you're going to begin to start feeling, I just feel like I'm a failure. You're only, you're only failing because you're trying to prove to God by things you do. Hmm? Well, I'm going to stop smoking because, you know, I, I want to get close to God. I'm going to stop drinking because I want to get close to God. I'm going to stop lusting after women because I want to get close. I th- you know, I think that's a good thing. But you can't do it in yourself. If you could, you would have already stopped. He didn't say, come to me, uh, Bobby, when you stop that lusting. J.W., I'm going to save you when you stop that lusting. No. You got to come as you are. When you get the light of Christ in you, it's the Holy Spirit that begins to bring about the change. When you sit under the word, you got to sit under the word to hear. When you sit under the word to hear, that's when change begins to start taking place because no man can do it. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about the change. No man can do it. I can give you the right, correct info. So I know at this moment, the way I'm teaching this message about grace and about sin, it almost makes it look like, well, it's almost like you're giving me a license to sin. No. you Look, you don't need a license to sin. You're already sinning. I'm trying to show you how to take control of your life through the new nature that you've been born again of so that what? You can slow down the men, you or you can minimize sinning in your life. It's not the sinning as an action verb that sends a person to hell. The only sin that sends a person to hell is one that rejects Jesus as Savior. You're not a sinner by what you do, you are a sinner by nature. Once that nature has changed, then you're no longer a sinner. You are a saint. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, go back to Romans chapter 6 and look at verse 1. It says, wow, go back to that verse case in 16. I don't know, did you do that on purpose or what? But that was, I should be at that verse. Romans 6, 16. Notice it. No, you're not. See, now when Paul speaks, now you have a decision. No, you're not. Look at somebody and tell them, say, no, you're not. (laughs) 
That means you know, know this. Know this. This is important. He said, know this. Know what? To whom you yield yourselves servant. The, the original Greek say, to whom you yield yourself slaves to obey. Because that's what the servant, you become a slave to it. To what? Number one, you become a slave, whether it be under sin, unto death, or obedient unto righteousness. So when you obey unto righteousness, what are you doing? I'm walking, I can do that because I'm already made the righteousness of God that come through Christ Jesus. I can't do nothing to earn righteousness. I'm righteous because I believe, because I accept Christ as my Savior. I'm not righteous for no other reason. Well, I feel righteous because I read my Bible today. Well, righteous people read their Bible, but that don't make me righteous. Is that right? I'm, man, I'm righteous because I fasted. I took the first seven days of this week and I fasted. That don't make you righteous. Yes. I got friends who? Yeah. Well, all they're doing is just a good thing to society, maybe. But again, it's not what you do to society that make you acceptable to God. And this is the toughest message to get over to the church. This right here, know you're not to whom you, you being the subject, you yield yourself servants to obey his servant you are. It doesn't mean that, notice it, God don't love you. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It's just simply saying you made yourself a servant to that wrong. Or you made yourself a servant to walk in the light of truth, to walk in that which is right. See, you being the subject, you, me, have to be the one to make the decision. Because you're no longer living under sin. Watch this. Uh, put up, uh, look at verse uh, uh, 6, Romans 6. It says, knowing this, that the old man is what? Crucified with him. The old nature that you and I was conceived in through the natural birth. It's crucified. It's put to death. It's no more. It's fini. It's zero. It's zada. What the rim knocked off. It's, it's a no-show. You don't have the same nature. Some people still believe is that, well, you know, I know you say, but we still got that old sin nature. And sometimes, you know, it makes us do different things. No, it's not. You can't have the nature of God and the nature of devil at the same time. Now, you do have an unrenewed mindset because that's what you left behind. You don't have the nature of sin no more, but you have a, a residue or a software that was left behind called what? The unrenewed mind. That's what you have. So what we have to do, this lesson and all lesson is what? Pertaining to renewing your mind with the new light and the new attitude that we have in Christ. So you're listening to the word to do what? To change your attitude, to change your mind. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? You're going to change your mind about lying. You're going to change your mind about what? Lusting. You're going to change your mind about uh, whatever it may be. Why? Because the, the new life on the inside of me brought about a change. You're not going to change 
to be, you know, the way God wants you to be physically all overnight. But the part of you that's like God, it's been changed instantly. And it's sealed. Hmm? It's sealed. Now, the other two-thirds of me, I'm working on it every day. You know, make sure I don't have a bad attitude. Sometimes bad attitude want to come up. You know, certain people, you know, rub you the wrong way, but I keep it in. I keep it in. You understand what I'm saying? Something you got to keep to yourself. You just don't let it blurble out. Right? So what the, the Holy Spirit is teaching you what? How to talk. How to walk with all people. Hmm? <laughs> Glory to God. So, what am I saying? You have to learn how to behave. You don't, that part of you did not change. That's an ongoing, and even when you do get a, you have a hold on it, you still got to just like, it's just like you taking a bath every day or a shower. The purpose of it, what are you doing? You shower every day, it's maintenance to your body, right? Well, it's the same thing when you hear the word every day, feed on every day. It's maintenance to your soul. It's changing stuff. It's, it's, it's keeping you moving forward. Hmm? So when you hear a Christian that may be not speaking in the light that they ought to, give them a, you know, step back, give them a break. They just don't know that, you know, they're the righteousness of God and the righteousness of God don't speak to them. They already know. But they have not, they have not taken control. It's in knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not what? Serve sin. So that means now me serving sin is a decision I have to make, Brother Joe. Now because I'm born again. Now I have to make a decision whether or not. I'm going to tell them off or what? Or I'm going to be polite. Well, what make you do that? The fruit of the Spirit. The love of God. That same love that was shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That same love of God that was displayed for you. You want to always display that to every person you come in contact with. I don't care how vile they are. I don't care what they done, what they done. I don't care how they did it, when they did it, and who they did it with. The love of God is not partial. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not for just J.W., he gave it for all of us. Hmm? You have to do what? You're the recipient. You have to receive the love. It's a spiritual fruit. It's a spiritual implication. It's not like the physical. It's like Jesus said about the wind. He asked Nicodemus. You know, the wind. Can you tell whether it come or go? You can't. But you can see the effects of what the wind does. Why? Because we say, man, the tree's blowing. That wind is strong. How you know the wind is strong? You can't see the wind. But I can see the effect of what the wind do. It's the same thing about the spirit. You can't see the spirit. But you can see the effect of what it has in our lives. You say, man, you change. What happened? You can't even explain it. All you just know, you fell in love with God. Because God loved you unconditional. The more you try to tell God why you're unworthy, why you're not worth it, why you this and that, that love just keep coming. His hand keep reaching out. And it's just like, did you hear what I said? I'm a nobody. I'm no good. I did this, I did that. That love just keep coming. 
It takes religion to push a person away. They tell him, well, you know what, man, I, I get it. You, you, you low down. You know, you know uh, maybe God might forgive you. I don't know. Your case is like it's too far gone. There's, there's no such thing. You have to be the one to reject the love of God. God would never reject no human being. Hmm? You know, Adolf Hitler committed suicide. The love of God was still there for Adolf, but he couldn't face what he did. Well, he knew what was coming. But God's love for him was just as much for him as it is for you and I. God didn't love him any different. I didn't get one amen on that. I'm just trying to tell you. See, when you think you could map, you can, you got this love thing right, you don't. God's love is unconditional. God's love is not conditional. Do you know what the word unconditional means? It's unconditional. It, it, there's nothing you can do to make God not love you. There's nothing you can say to make God not love you. Before you ever step one foot in church, or before you was ever conscious of thinking about God's love, I mean, look, you've been ramming, damning, jamming, lamming, everything about God, and then all of a sudden, now that you, now that you are conscious of him, think about when you didn't know when you didn't even realize God was there. You was in the boot, in the corner, in the back, in the dark. You, you understand what I mean by that. And God's love was still there. It was his love that brought us to a place of repentance. Repentance is the word metanoia, the word meta, it means to change. The word noia means what you're doing, my mind, it means mind. So it means I change my mind on that. I change how I think about that. I change how I view that. I mean, all of us have been in places where it's now the way you thought about a person, the way you thought about something, and now that you've got a little growth in the Word of God, you now being you more aware and more sensitive of God, you say, well, I don't think about that like that no more. What brought you to that place? Love. <laughs> Man, you ever get a revelation of God's love? You just cry. Because everything you everything you look at someone that, that that's walking outside of doing things that just you you that love, that that compassion will come upon you and just want to do something to reach out to because they don't know. Everyone that pushed them away, everyone has done this and has said that, and that's why people feel with anger or they feel with fear or they feel like God doesn't care about them because the society has pushed them away and made them a statistic. Let me let you in. We all were a statistic. When Adam did what he did, Satan thought he had himself he thought he had his way, but God. Hmm? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, with him, that means he died with, he died for us. Okay, go, 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 uh, Casey, go back to verse four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That is not 
water baptism. That baptism is a type of spiritual death. That means Jesus actually did the dying, being separated. He went before the Father. He's the one that took the case before God, but because he made himself one with us, it was just as though we were legally with him, just like it was the first Adam. We were not there when that first Adam committed high treason, but legally we were all connected. Well, it's the same thing about the second, about, the, about Jesus. We were not legally there, I mean, violently there, but legally we were there because he made himself one with us when he hung on that cross. And he said, Father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, when, the, when, the, when, the, when, the, when it turned th- dark upon the earth for about three hours and the Father turned his back, that's the absence of light. God turned his back upon because he did what? He took all what sin did. He put it on Jesus. All sickness, all disease, all oppression, Depression, all amount of drug, what, whatever, he put it all on him. Whatever sin represent, whatever sin brought, the Father put it on Jesus so that you and I could be free to receive God's love. Man. What you gonna do with that? Well, how you gonna fight that? He didn't do anything based on you uh, condition. Say, well, I did this if you do this. To be honest, God did all of this for you and I on a maybe. You know what I mean by maybe? There's no guarantee that we will be saved. But he gave us the opportunity. I thank God every day I did not ignore when salvation came to my heart. I'm so glad that someone led me to the Lord I prayed the prayer of salvation and it stuck with me. Don't mean I did everything right and I'm still not going to do everything right. But my spirit, my fellowship with God, my relationship with God is solid. Because I didn't do nothing to earn it. I didn't do anything to get it. He did it all himself so that you and I could be the recipient. And then because we become sons and daughters, he said, now I'm going to teach you how to act like, uh, how to live righteous. I'm going to show you how to walk in the righteousness of who you are. That takes time, Brother Joe, because you have your mindset, I have my mindset, and some of us have been places that if I gave y'all this front, the talk, we could be here to the end of next week of hearing all the things that we, places we've been in our head, things we've done physical, and it's just like, what, huh, what? But God. Hmm? Well, he said, well, I wasn't that bad. Well, you may have U.S., what do you call that, D.A. flesh, and I may have generic flesh, but flesh is still flesh. Who want the best flesh to go to hell? Uh Huh? No. Let me close with this. So notice what he said. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That's a spiritual death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead. How? By the glory of the Father. Because he wasn't a sinner. He became your substitute. That's why it's called the substitutionary work of Christ. He was never a sin. He was our substitute. Meaning, he stepped in for me. 
because I was incapable of doing it. But he gave me the benefit as though I did it. What you going to do with a God that loves you like that? So now you don't think every day I live my life. Not, I'm not living my life for people. I'm living my life because of a, a God that loves me. Knowing that I do have an effect upon people's lives. So yes, I'm going to do my best to walk in this right standing with him so that people can continue to grow in that grace. But I don't do it just to prove something. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? Notice he said, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk. Where? In the newness. Of life. That means why? Because your nature changed. Next verse, case. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, see that? Planted together in the likeness. He did the, he did the actual dying, but I get the credit because he made himself one with me on that cross. And the Father took all of what sin did, all of what sickness did, all of what uh, 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 disease done. He took all of homosexuality, all of transgender. He took all of, of lesbianism. Everything that you can think of that is contrary to truth and life, Jesus bore it all in his spirit because that's what sin did. It twisted people's way of thinking. It twisted their lifestyle. It altered their lifestyle. But until they hear the truth, until they understand the love, until they sit there and they hear the word and their mind are renewed with the word of God, then you will stay in your, you will stay, keep doing the same thing that you've done before you got born again. You don't automatically just stop sinning or, or, or lead a lifestyle that you came out of because you got born again. You have to be taught. Now, there are some changes that take place in us right away. You know, everybody has, is different. But whatever that, that plagued you the most before you got born again, that would probably be the, the easiest thing that you were able to get up, give up, and let go. Yes. You're not right with God, you say? Well, no. Because they, they, they base it upon their standards of how they're living out their life. And they think, well, I'm not doing these things like you're doing. So therefore, my salvation is a lot more uh, shining than yours is. Well, look, when we get to that place, you start comparing, talking about what your salvation is to others, yep. you missed it. You missed it. Because it's by his grace and his mercy, he keeps us. It's not by my goodness. It's not by what my parents done. It's what, what Jesus did. And Jesus only. Your salvation is not coming through no other way but through Christ. Now, the only way you don't have salvation is you reject it. Or you let someone talk to you and say, well, you know, uh, how can you be saved? You committed blasphemy before God. And most people don't even know what that is. But in the 80s, people walked around thinking they blasphemed, and they come to me. I said, what the world are you talking about? Just by you asking, the mere fact you asking me questions about God goes to tell you, you did not commit blasphemy before God. Because that means there is no conviction at all, or like they say, at all. 
about God. There is none. But you asking about it, you're so far from it. You're just in error. You didn't commit blasphemy. You're just in error. Well, to to be. Yeah. 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 This is that is hard to do. That is very hard to do. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I got a couple minutes. Hmm. Next verse, Casey. Uh, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed, that henceforth we should what? Not serve sin. Now watch it. Go to the next verse. For he that is what? Dead is what? Free from sin. That's your spirit. Not your soul, not your body. Your spirit is free from sin. Let me show you this verse scripture before I, I let you go. Uh, 1 John 3, 9. Whosoever is what? Of God, do not what? See? You can't. For his seed remained where? In him, and he cannot sin. Uh-oh. What you mean? Because he's born of God. Boy, I, I know I get some probably get some feedback on what? Yeah. <laughs> Make my high voice come out. What? That's not me. I didn't put that there. It's right there. Your spirit cannot sin. Hmm? Or you put it in Amplify. No one born, no one born or begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, habitually practice sin. For God's nature abides where? In him. His principle of life, the divine sperm, which is the word, remains permanently within him. And he cannot practice sinning. Why? Because he's born of God. Mm. Can y'all see that? That's in your face right there. Right? Well, look at this. Uh, go back to Romans once more. Let me give you this. To tie this in with that. That was... Verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Oh, he's alive. And the life of Christ is in you, and so therefore you are alive. He's living his life. The testament of Christ is living through us. He, the epistle of what? We're the epistle of Jesus living out the testament of Jesus Christ. Hmm? So every time you walk around, you go to the store and you leave here, or you go home, or you get wherever you are, you are a living epistle. Testifying. He lives. Hmm? He lives. Okay, keep going. I want to get to I get the verse here. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died what? No more. Then that means you can't either. So if I if I just fell out dead right here physically, if I just dropped dead, I immediately take up on my new body and my new soul. 
So now my spirit, soul, and body will all be in alignment. And guess what? No sin could be in my soul, all my body, all my spirit, because I got a glorified body. But you can't have a glorified body and live on earth. Because we can't do the works of Christ. Only people like you and I can live on the earth and do the works of Christ. Jesus can't come back here. He would be illegal to come here in his glorified body, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. He'd be illegal because he got a glorified body. But you and I, our glorified body awaits us. But we have the authority through the new birth, through the new life that we have in us, that demons will listen to us just as much as Jesus was sitting right there. Jesus don't need to come and sit right there to get the devil to obey. I got the spirit of Christ in me, the same spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave. It lives on the inside of me. So I don't have to have a glorified body to make the devil jump when I tell him, get! That's how you talk to the devil. Get! Hmm? Yeah. Or you say, loser! That's what he is. The devil's a loser. Loser! Try to get you to do something. Try to get you to think on something. Try to bring something. Loser! Why? Because see, you didn't gain control. You're taking back your life. He don't like that. Hmm? Are you understand what I'm saying? I don't cuss. I don't drink. Because I say, well, I, you know, that don't please God. I'm not, you know, no. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I used to cuss. I cuss you, boy. <laughs> I don't cuss no more. I don't drink. And I don't smoke. But it doesn't mean because I don't do that. God love is for me more because I don't. See, that's a lie. I could leave here right now, go to Walmart, get me a a fearful run, and, you know, put it in my truck and go home and put my feet up and drink my little rum and watch the game, and I'll be all right with God. See, y'all see? Look at y'all. Look, look look at y'all. Y'all got a problem with that. But, but you see, my pro, my I don't, I don't want to do that. You understand what I'm saying? The labor tell you is destroying your health. God, I don't need God to tell me that. And for me to fill myself up with alcohol or whatever, it's because what I have not experienced the true love of God. Because once you begin to start, that love increases. Guess what you're gonna do? You can push the bottle back. It's just like a person losing weight. Once you start realizing that, oh, my weight coming from that little Debbie. <laughs> or that King Kate. <laughs> no, you're you, yeah, you going to feel better after that. That's right. Guess what? I'm going to push it back. I'm not pushing it back because I, you know, I can do it, but I choose not to. I'm taking back over my life. I got control. Right? I mean, look, my wife could tell you, if she was sitting here immediately after church, we go to Macedonia. They knew us so well. They had our order sitting on the top. They knew exactly what we would order. And then by, you know, and we come out there looking like, you know, Tuesday when we come out there looking like a donut. <laughs> oh, we used to go every Wednesday. Right after church, uh-huh. we go to da- da- Dairy Queen. Is that right? Dairy Queen. Yeah. And get them all, what you call them thing? That you can turn it upside down? Yeah. What do you call it? Blizzard. blizzard. Oh, boy, look. Ain't nothing like a good blizzard. Boy, I couldn't wait to get in that line and get that thing. 
Then when I looked at that, I pulled up one time and I looked at the the calories, and I knew my pants were getting a little tight. I said, that thing said thirteen hundred calories in a cup. Like I said, oh no. I had to cut that out. Every good thing. Man, that was good too. But now I'll have no desire for it. Yeah. See, but now I understand it's not good for me. Follow what I'm saying? So I don't mess with it. Right? I don't smoke because it ain't good for me. Right? It's not because God, if I do this, God not going to love me. That's, see, that's what people got it wrong. Well, God can't use you because you know you're smoking. No. My, the part of me that's like God is untouched. But I do give Satan an inroad in my life to bring destruction to my flesh before time should be. I mean, understand what I just said. Yeah, that's right. So what am I doing? I'm not going to do that. See, I have a responsibility myself to do what? To take care of this temple so that the glory of God that's in me can do what? Shine forth and be the representative of Christ. So now I do it in a manner to do what? Because my life is not my own. My life belongs to Christ. So the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have no desire for it. I have no desire for alcohol. I have no desire for uh, Lil Debbie. She was a good, that was a good girl to me. I have no desire for Coca-Cola. If I was, I have no desire for none of that. Huh? I, no, I don't, I, I don't eat vegan. Because vegan, oh, Zevia. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm done. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget that too. Hey.